And we are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for small groups. There's events calendars so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts. So be sure to check out our app. You can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app. And find links to download the Bayshore Church app. Well, welcome to part two of my big fat mouth. We're talking about our words in this series. And uh, this series is just really, I'm loving this series for me personally. It's just really helping me. And uh, so we're just excited about studying this subject together. And uh, we are just looking at the things that come out of our mouth in this series. And I believe that the Lord's going to take what we learn uh, during this series to really radically change how we talk. And so that's what we're, we're looking at. Last week we talked about... We did a little survey in the book of James. The book of James has this thing, you know, where it talks about the tongue, chapter uh, 3, I believe it is, and there's just this whole thing about, James says, uh, no man can tame the tongue. Uh, It's a world of evil and all of that. And so he basically gives us uh, the the diagnosis that we have a mouth problem. And we learned last week that that our, our words, our bad words come from, Two sources, they come, first of all, from our sin nature. The book of Romans teaches that, that, that one, of the, uh, one of the indications that we have a fallen sin nature is, is the words we have. They're, they're, uh, the, Paul describes it as the poison of vipers. We have this poisonous words that come out of our mouth. And the other place that our words or bad words come from is from our thoughts. Every word is a thought before it's a word. So learning to master your thoughts helps you to master your words. And so we talked about that principle. If you didn't get to hear last Sunday's talk, make sure you go uh, and catch up and watch that on the website or listen to the podcast. Um, And uh, we just want to help you catch up on this. So today we're going to be talking about um, something really, really uh, significant. Uh, We're going to be talking about, um, we're going to be talking about something specific that comes out of our mouth. We're going to talk about complaining today. And I don't know if anybody here has ever complained. I, I would guess maybe some of you have complained at some point in your life. But we're going to talk about complaining. Uh, and, and I don't know if this is true or not, but somehow I think that maybe we as Americans are more prone toward complaining than maybe other uh, cultures. You know, I, I don't know if I don't have any scientific data on that, but I believe that we as, as kind of Americans, we have so many amazing things that we're almost a little bit, you know, uh, entitled. And when things don't go our way, we complain a lot. And uh, it's almost like this, there's this verbal pollution out there regarding uh, complaining. We complain a lot. And, uh, and believe me, I'm not pointing my finger at you today. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. We're just, we're just prone to complain. 
uh, and things that we're not happy with, we're dissatisfied with, we're just talking about in, in, in all the time. Now, now there's, I, I made a list of the things that I think I complain about. And I just kind of like started typing up number one, number two, and just, and it, boy, I was surprised how long the list was. There's a lot of things I'm complaining about and uh, things that we complain about. You know, we, we could, have anybody here ever complained about the traffic? Have you ever complained about the traffic? You know, Karen and I were coming home from Rehoboth on, on Friday and uh, we coming down 24 and right around Mount Air, you know, the chicken plant there, there was, that traffic got backed up all the way into, into Millsboro. And I remember when it wasn't that way and we're sitting there in traffic and, and, and it just, you know, we start complaining about that. It, you know, and then, then there's road construction sometimes that takes on, you know, there's uh, 24 recently has had road constructions and there'd be orange cones out there and these people telling you where you can go and all that. And it's, did anybody remember 26? How long 26 was under construction from, from Dagsboro to Bethany? Anybody remember how long that was? Like uh, 75, 80 years, something like that. <laughs> I remember one time going to, uh, you know, I go to the, used to go to the, the eye doctor down there, Halpern Iris Eye Associates in, in, in Ocean View, and, and one day I had an eye appointment down there, and I got detoured twice, detoured twice off of 26 and back onto 26, then off again before I got to my appointment. And so uh, and it was just went on. Uh, 26 was always under construction. In fact, I took a picture one day. There's a picture of 26 while it was under construction. And uh, I'm like, wow, when are you going to get it done? Get it done, please. Uh, so, you know, that kind of thing. We complain about you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, you complain about, you know, your neighbors. You know, I don't know if you ever have trouble with your neighbors, their dogs coming into your yard, and you know, and you, maybe you got, you know, neighbors that are too loud, you got that kind of thing going on, uh, you know, I, and maybe you got a neighborhood where you have an HOA, HOA, you ever been to an HOA meeting? You know, that's one of the most dysfunctional groups you'll ever be a part of. Uh, one of my friends, he bought a, a new house in a really nice neighborhood, not too far from here on the way to the beach, and uh, he said he went to his first HOA meeting, and it was, it was the, the, the president of the HOA association got up there, and uh, he said, this is my last meeting as president. He said, this has been the worst experience of my life. He said, I will never do this again. And I go to the grocery store, you people won't talk to me. And uh, it's, just, it's just people complaining. They don't, they're just complaining all the time and things going on. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, maybe you, you've gotten older and you complain about your body a little bit, the aches and pains. Those of us that are senior adults, you know, it's the basis of our conversation. We just move from one part of the body to the next part of the body, talking about what's wrong with our body. And, uh, you know, I, I, I usually kick it off with my knee, and then we talk about their neck, and then we go on. It's a complaining about your body and all that. I, I read this little thing about somebody getting older, kind of qualifying, getting older. He said, I can see with my bifocals, my dentures work just fine. I can live with my arthritis, but Lord, I sure do miss my mind. So anyhow, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, you got that kind of thing. You complain about your body and, and, and all of that. But what, what, what about this one? Now, this is, you know, this is not going to be fun, this one here. But what about politics, complaining about politics and politicians? And, and uh, there's a lot of conversation 
about that, you know, just how bad the country is and how bad one party is versus another party. And uh, it just, we just like go on about that and all of that. And there's whole networks, whole TV networks that's based on complaining. I mean, their whole thing is about complaining. You got certain networks that complain about the Republicans and certain networks that complain about the Democrats. And and I know, I know our country is based on dissent, that we can say what we need to say and we need to speak up. That's, what, that's something great about America. I heard about back in the communist days when uh, the communists were you know, still communists and Russia was communist and all that. And this American and this communist talk and this American was saying how great his country was. said, I can stand in right in front of the White House and say the president of the United States is an idiot. I can say that. And the Russian said, I can do the same thing. I can stand right in front of the Kremlin and say the president of the United States is an idiot. I can say that. But, you know, we, we, we like to be able to, you know, to dissent, but it seems out of control to me. It seems like it's excessive. It seems like we're always complaining about the government. And I, for one, I know this is not a perfect country and we don't have perfect governments and perfect leaders, but I think this is still the greatest country in the world. I love this country. And if you're grateful for this country... Say a big amen. So we complain about our friends. Our friends never call us, and we're complaining about that, and our friends are complaining that we never call them. And, And there was this complaining about all kinds of things, and we're just constantly complaining at restaurants. And you never go into a restaurant where you had a bad experience and just complain about how awful it was. And I know I've been there. You know, Karen and I were eating at Ruby Tuesdays last night in, in uh, Rehoboth, and we had a waiter. I'm telling you, we had a waiter. He was amazing. He was amazing. He was incredible. This guy was just incredible. And uh, we told him after we got our meal, he told us, you know, what dessert to get. He said, if you don't like dessert, we'll bring you something else. And uh, he was just so good. And when we got done with the meal, and I hope you do this, if you have a great waiter or waitress, uh, we said to him, listen, you, you did amazing. It was incredible. You were so good. And we gave him a big tip, you know, $1.25. We gave him a big tip. And... I mean, honestly, it was incredible. But you ever had a bad waiter, a bad experience at a restaurant and all of that? Uh, hey, we, we've, we've been there, you know, and all of that. But uh, complaining, I, I, I think sometimes we complain about our lot in life, our lot in life. Here's the, here's the thing about all of us. We, we tend to think that our situation is worse than everybody else's situation. I don't know why we do that. But we all have this tendency to think that our life is worse than everybody else's life. In, in the book of Psalms, there's this guy uh, in the book of Psalms, I think it's Psalm 75, uh, this guy uh, named Asaph, uh, he was a worship leader at the church. And uh, he, he was, he was uh, in the temple, uh, and he wrote, he was, his name's on a lot of the Psalms. And uh, Asaph, in, in chapter 73 of Psalms, he said, and listen to his words, he, he, think, he thinks his lot in life is not like other people's lot. He feels like his lot's worse than other people. He said, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, I had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued with human ills. 
This is what the wicked are like, always carefree. They increase in wealth. He said, you know, he said, when I look at people that aren't serving God, hey, they got a great life. Everything's perfect. They never have any struggles. They never have any difficulties. Now, is that true? That's not true. That's his perspective. And, and he, he really illustrates that you and I have a tendency that when we're in, uh, what, what our lot in life is, that it's worse than everybody else's lot in life. Sometimes people come and they talk to me for counseling and they kind of tell me their deal, they tell me their story, and I listen to their thing, and I'm waiting for the punchline. I don't hear the punchline. And I just want to say that's life. That's true for all of us. All of us have difficulty. All of us have struggles. And some people choose to focus on the negative sign, and some people choose to focus on the plus sign. And that's people that are prone toward complaining are people sometimes that just cannot possibly see the good things that are currently happening in their life. I was talking to somebody not too long ago, conversation, really interesting conversation. Uh, ran into this guy and, uh, hey, yeah, I, I actually went up to him to compliment him about something and, and uh, I was uh, having this conversation with him and he started telling me how bad things were at his job and the job before he had and the last two jobs he had and how this company had not treated him right and, and, and how everything had gone wrong. And, and I remember hearing that and it was just, uh, and I felt like I was holding a skunk that was about ready to go off. I mean, I just, it was just so negative. And I remember listening to that, and, and here I had two thoughts about that conversation. The first thought was how much pain he was in. He was in a lot of pain. Uh, he had been rejected and he'd been hurt. And, and sometimes if we have excessive complaining coming out of our mouth, it may be that we have all of this pain that needs to be attended to. And we need to let the Holy Spirit help us. We need to get into some good Christian therapy to deal with the pain. The other thing I noticed is that in that 15 to 20 minute conversation where it was one bad thing after another bad thing after another bad thing, and it was everybody else's fault, what I noticed in 15 to 20 minutes, he never asked about me. He never asked about Karen who was standing there. He lived totally in his world. And here's something I have learned about when we get in complaining mode. It's we are consciously focused only on ourselves and not on other people. Healthy people not only, uh, you know, communicate with others, but they, they, they inquire. They troll for information. They want to find out how the other person is doing. And so if you're a complaining person, ask yourself, how often in conversations... Am I turning my thoughts about the world of other people and trying to help them? Here's what I have, uh, have learned and what I am learning. I've, I'm, I've discovered that when we are uh, in bondage to complaining, it doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't good things happening in our life. It means that we somehow have become blinded to those things. By the way, this is interesting. When you enter a new experience, uh, maybe a new job or a new marriage, or you go to a new church or a new neighborhood, initially we focus on the positive. We focus on the positive. Initially, like when you first get a new job, you think, oh man, all this stuff is good. and I got the parkings better and they're treating me good. And in, in your mind, it's all wrapped in that. But the longer you stay in an organization, 
or the longer you stay in a situation, the, you take, begin to take for granted the good things and your mind drifts toward the negative things and you begin to think about what's not right. And here's what's important to remember. In every season of our life, in every season of our life, there's always something good and something bad happening simultaneously. There's always a sweet and there's always a bitter. There's always something positive and there's always something negative. Yesterday I was at uh, at uh, Megan Hudson's uh, wedding. She got married yesterday, Pastor Jeff's daughter, and, and, uh, and she got married uh, yesterday. Wasn't yesterday uh, just a beautiful day? Beautiful day. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. And she got married uh, next to the Brick Hotel in Georgetown. How many know where the Brick Hotel is in Georgetown? And around the circle there, the Brick Hotel, and there's this little courtyard beside that, and they had a little gazebo set up there. Beautiful, beautiful wedding, and little white chairs, and these little buckets with flowers in it. It, just, it was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And uh, Megan walked down the aisle, and I'm telling you what, she was beautiful absolutely stunning. You know, I, I tell you what, I, and, and she was just off the charts, beautiful. And I tell you, all brides are beautiful. There's a lot of ugly grooms, but there are, <laughs> all brides are beautiful. She, but she was just beautiful. In the middle of the ceremony, as she's walking down the aisle, this beautiful setting, flowers everywhere, sunset out, all of a sudden, uh, the fire alarm at the fire station goes off. And it's right next to where the wedding is. And I'm, you know, only in Sussex County. I mean, that alarm's going off and off and off. And it was just, oh my gosh. And here I thought, here's this beautiful wedding happening. And at the same time, there's a fire somewhere. And there's this, this fire engine's coming out of the fire station and the, the honk and their horns and we're trying to hear the ceremony so you had something beautiful and something challenging happen at the same time and in your life and in my life there's always something good and something bad something good and something bad now i want to just uh i, I want to put on uh, the screen a couple quotes from Rick Warren. Now, Rick Warren uh, wrote this thing a couple years ago. Actually, he was interviewed. His wife had cancer at the time. Kay, his wife had cancer. And he wrote, uh, people asked him a little bit about, you know, what that was like and all that. And uh, here's what he said. Life is a series of problems. Either you're in one now, you're just coming out of one, or you're getting ready to go into another one. The reason for this is that God is more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. Isn't that good? Next, next slide. God is more interested in making your life holy than he is in making your life happy. We can be reasonably happy here on earth, but that's not the goal of life. The goal is to grow in character in Christ's likeness. And then the next slide. Here's what I think is really cool. He talks about, and I'm going to read it for you in a second. He talks about the metaphor that, you know, people used to say, well, man, I'm on the, mountain pot, I'm on the mountaintop now or I'm in the valley. Have you ever heard that terminology? You're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley. You're, in the, you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley. That's a bad metaphor because that indicates that either your life is all good, everything's good, or everything's bad. Either I'm on the mountain 
or I'm in the valley. Either it's good or it's bad. Rick Warren says that's not correct. That's not how life works. He says, I used to think that life was hills and valleys. You go through a dark time, then you go to the mountains, back and forth. I don't believe that anymore. Rather than life being hills and valleys, I believe that it's kind of like two rails on a railroad track. And at all times, you have something good and something bad in your life. So people that master not complaining are people that are conscious that you've got these dual scenarios happening in your life at all the time, and they become attuned to letting the Holy Spirit show them the good things that are happening in their life. And they overflow with thanksgiving about that. Think about the example of our country, problems in our country. But how many know there's some wonderful things happening? And, and every, it would be wonderful this week if we just sort of all got on our knees and began to thank God for some of the great things that are happening in America and thanking God for the good things. And obviously there's things that need attention and all of that, but that's an important, important thing. One of the things to remember is that, uh, is that when you think about life, it, it's possible to have this just amazing, wonderful things happening, but not be conscious of them and thinking of them. Here's, here's a good example. Uh, John chapter 5. There's a story in John chapter 5 where Jesus comes into this uh, colonnade area where there's a pool. And uh, the place is called Bethsaida. Bethsaida. Bethsaida means house of mercy. And uh, the story in, in John chapter 5 says that there was this pool and had these five colored colonnades around it. And when the water was stirred, anybody that could get into the water would be miraculously cured. Now, interesting thing about the story. This is just a little sidebar here. Do you realize that for years, scholars, uh, liberal scholars said, hey, this story is probably made up because there is no such thing as Bethsaida in Jerusalem? And uh, they said, basically, it indicated that a, uh, a, 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 whoever wrote the Gospel of John lived much later than the New Testament period, and so he's, he doesn't really know the details of Jerusalem, so he throws this story in. But did you know that they discovered they discovered the city, uh, discovered the, uh, the, the site of Bethsaida, and I'd been there. I went there a couple years ago. Here's a picture of that. They've, uh, archaeologists have, have uncovered the five colonnades uh, where the pool was where Jesus did this miracle. Really cool thing. But here's the, here's the thing about the story. The thing about the story is there's this man that his family had taken them there for 38 years, carried him there faithfully every day for 38 years. And for 38 years, he didn't get well. For 38 years, he was there at the pool, and he was just stuck at that pool. And, and the Bible says that one, G, one day Jesus walked in to that uh, covered colonnade area where the pool was, and he said to the man, do you want to get better? How many know that there's a lot of comfort in getting sympathy all the time? And maybe Jesus was hinting at this man just wanted the tension. He wanted the sympathy all the time. And here's what happened. Uh, Jesus said to the man, uh, he, the man said, well, there's nobody that could help me in the pool. And Jesus said, pick up your mat. Pick up your mat and walk. And here was this guy for 38 years who had never uh, been able to walk, and all of a sudden this amazing thing happened in his life. And here's the turning point in the story. Something 
cool, something amazing had happened, something incredible had happened, and, and, and the, the Jewish leaders were there, and the Jewish leaders said, it's not lawful for you to carry your mat on the Sabbath. Do you see the irony of that? Something amazing has happened, and they are focused on this little detail that wasn't right in their opinion. So something amazing can be happening in your life, and you can be focused on this one little thing that's not right. Hey, just say this with me right now before we move on to the last verse we're going to study today. Say this with me. My life has some amazing things happening right now. One, one more time. My life has some amazing things happening right now. Oh, my gosh. It's just incredible. Hey, I can tell you, my life, you know, Friday, uh, my grandkids came over and spent, uh, well, it's actually Thursday. They spent the night with us Thursday night. So I have my grandkids Thursday night. And, and uh, these little grandkids just in our house and just tearing the house all to pieces. And, I mean, they're just taking stuff and throwing stuff everywhere. And the uh, house is, is a mess. I mean, and, but yeah, I'm telling you what, just having those kids and just running around, hugging. You know, I got on the, the lawnmower with Nixon and we're cutting the grass and all that. And, hey, I'd had some challenging things happen this last week. Just busy week for me, some challenging things like your week. Your week's that way sometimes. Some real challenges. Uh, last week, just different things that that uh, that that uh, had going on, and uh, but in the midst of that, there's this wonderful thing happening. This wonderful thing happening. Say this way: there is always something wonderful happening in my life. Life is not all bitter. Life is not all sweet. Life is sweet and bitter. We need to celebrate the sweetness. And here's the quintessential passage in the, uh, in the New Testament on, on, uh, on not complaining. And it's found in, a, uh, in Philippians chapter 2. We're going to put it on the screen. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, it says in verse 14 of Philippians chapter 2. We're just going to just leave this here a second. Do everything without complaining. Do everything without without complaining. Hey, let's take a moment. Let's take a moment and think about this. This is the book of Philippians, and it's written when Paul is in prison. He's in prison. Now, we don't know where where he is in prison. Some scholars believe he was in Caesarea, which is on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Some people believe he was in Rome in prison, but he was in prison. The first chapter verifies that he's in chains. And, the whole, and, and when scholars study the book of Philippians, they say the main theme of the book of Philippians is joy. It's just the most positive book you ever read. And, and Paul is in prison, and he's telling the people outside of prison not to complain. And, you know, Paul, all Paul's been doing is preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus, and helping people. And ends up in prison. He could, have begin, he could have written this letter just lamenting how bad his life was. He could have said, oh my gosh, this is so unfair. This is not right. And, uh, and it's just not fair what's happened to me. I was helping people. I was preaching. And I was ministering to people. And here I'm in jail. And it's just not fair. I want to tell you something. Here's something that if you don't get anything else out of today's message, I want you to get this. It's not fair, but Jesus is always Lord. 
It's not fair, but Jesus is always Lord. How many have ever found out it's not fair? Life is not fair. How many have felt sometimes, now just in general, sometimes life hasn't been fair? Hasn't been fair. I remember when I was in first grade, you've heard me tell this story before, I'm standing in line one day uh, after recess, we're getting ready to go into the school, I'm standing in line, I'm in first grade, and, uh, and I'm, I'm getting ready to go in, and I'm standing there, and there's a big mud puddle next to where I am, uh, there just had been rain recently, and this kid named Scott behind me uh, looked at me, looked at the mud puddle, he thought it'd be fun to throw me in the mud puddle, so he just threw me in the mud puddle. Head first, I went in the mud puddle. I was covered with mud and dirty mud water water all over me. I went into the class. I sat there in my little chair. I'm crying, water running, mud all over me. And they sent me to the nurse's, you know, station. And I had an epiphany that day. That was an important day in my life. I learned that day. I learned life's not fair. I learned that sometimes you'll get pushed in a mud puddle. And you got to kind of go on. Now, the next day, uh, you know, at recess, I, I was up on the, on the monkey bars and waiting for Scott to come by. And when Scott came by, I jumped on him from the monkey bars and, and beat him three ways uh, fast, hard, and continuously. And then <laughs> I just wanted to return the blessing. I, I felt like he blessed me. I wanted to bless him. I felt like that was only fair. He never, ever pushed me in the mud puddle again, I'll tell you that. But listen, Paul could have said, hey, I got pushed in the mud puddle. I wasn't doing anything wrong. But he said, do everything without complaining. Don't, and the word complaining there, you know, it's a complicated Greek word, I thought. It's just sort of murmuring under your breath. Just murmuring. Do everything without complaining or arguing. The next verse says, so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. You are, and I am, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, are to be stars in a black world. We're to be positive when everybody else is negative. We're to be able to lift up our voice and to be positive. Now, I want to say this. Is it ever permissible to complain? I think the book of Psalms gives us the permission at times to lament. And there's these Psalms called lament, Psalms of lament, where we can just sort of, you know, God, things are hard, things are difficult. In fact, let's put Psalm, we're going to come back to this verse, but let's put Psalm 3 up, Psalm 3 uh, and verse 1. Here's here's what's called a Psalm of lament. And uh, David says, Lord, how many are my foes? We could say, Lord, how many are my problems? How many rise up against me? Got so much against me. And then what does he say? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. And then verse 3. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory and the one who lifts my head high. When we lament before God... God, it's hard, it's difficult. The book of Psalms gives us permission to do that in our prayer life. But then these lament psalms always evolve to confessions of trust. Lord, how many are my foes? Lord, how everybody's saying I'm never going to make it. But you, O Lord, are a shield to me. So he goes from complaining to trusting. And so our 
pattern of life is to be a pattern of life of trust and dependence and faith on the Lord. Because let me just say this to you. God is sovereign in your life. God knows where you are. He's with you. He hasn't forsaken you. His hand is on your life. And like Paul said, I'm in prison, but there's a purpose for where I am right now. And many have heard the gospel because I'm in prison. And he saw the purpose of God in the place where he was. Now let's go back as we end today. Let's go back to uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2. And let's start again. Say this with me. Do everything without complaining. One more time. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Next verse. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation. And let's say this out loud, real loud here. In which... You shine like stars in the universe. Do everything without complaining. Karen, I used to watch this show, uh, House. It's a medical show. It was on for eight years, and uh, this guy started the show, uh, Hugh Laurie. Here's a picture of him. Uh, anybody ever watch the show uh, House? It was on for eight seasons. Uh, he was a, uh, a medical genius, a doctor at a teaching hospital in New Jersey uh, in the show, and uh, a misanthropic person, misanthropic. I looked that described today, misanthropic. A misanthropic person is somebody who hates mankind. And House just hated everybody. He was just no, no uh, people skills. Uh, he just was just down, uh, you know, just really very, no, no social skills at, all, skills at all. But it was a brilliant genius. But we used to lock, like to watch the show. One day, Karen's watching... Uh, I think it was Regis and Kelly at that time. And you uh, uh, Lapner was on, was, on the, uh, was on the show. And she discovered something about him she didn't know. He's from Scotland. He has a heavy, heavy Scottish accent. His native tongue, because he was uh, from Great Britain, he has this heavy, heavy Scottish accent. But on the show for eight years, he had an American accent, and nobody knew that he had a Scottish accent. He had trained himself to change his accent. He had trained himself not to talk like a Scottish person with a British accent, but he trained himself to speak with an American accent. And I think our nature, our general nature as humans, is to have an accent of complaining. We just tend toward complaining. I do. Many of you do. You struggle with constantly seeing what's wrong and telling everybody all the time how bad things are. And not overflowing with thankfulness like the New Testament teaches us to do. So today, uh, what we're going to do to, as, as we're in this series is we're going we're to give everybody a white bracelet when you leave, leave today. You're getting a white bracelet. And remember what it said in Philippians. It says uh, that do everything without complaining that you may become blameless and pure children of God. So here's what we're doing. I started wearing one of these today. 
So I'm I'm on my wrist. So this week, when I complain, if I complain, if I catch myself complaining, I have to take the band off and I have to put it on the other wrist. So every time I complain, I take the band off of whatever wrist it's on and put it on the other wrist. And so when you leave today, I want you to go, put it on your right wrist, and as you begin your week, every time you catch yourself complaining, ah, shouldn't have done that, change the wrist. Now, if some of you wear the elastic out this week, we'll give you another one next week. (laughs) But I think that the Holy Spirit can help us to eliminate the verbal smog in our community, in our country. We can begin to speak words of honor, words of life, words of gratitude, words of thanksgiving. I'm really, really excited about this. And lady told me at the end of the first service, she came up and she said, man, this is great. I love it. She said, I've already had to change it once. And she wasn't even out of the church yet. <laughs> but I said, hey, listen, we're all in this together. We're learning. Because Paul said, in prison, do everything without complaining. That you may be pure and blameless children of God. And may you shine like stars in the universe through which the Lord can do and change your life. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Lift them up to the Lord and just let Jesus minister to you. Lord, we thank you for loving us today. We thank you, God, for helping us to be positive about our spouses and our children this week and positive about just stuff in our community. And uh, Lord, we know there's times to adjust things and speak up and But Lord God, just deliver us from excessive complaining and make our mouths a beam of light in our community. And we ask you to just discipline our tongues. We ask for the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. And thank you for being with us and blessing us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen and amen.